Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Murder Vixens Podcast, a true crime podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to our podcast. We are going to do a spooky one today. It's our third, fourth mini so. Fourth mini I can't believe it's been <laughs> four mini already. We're on week four, guys. I know. And then next week is week five. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe how like fast time is flying and like I know like we don't have a lot of listeners at the moment but I am having so much fun doing this I know and like researching all these cases and like hearing the ones that you find I know and I like the fact that we don't know each other's cases until the day of I don't know if you guys know that but we don't know our each other's cases until the day we bring them to the table I just think it keeps, like, an air of suspense. Right, and then I don't know yours, and it makes good commentary, too. Yes, because then you're not able to, like, look up anything, like, before the case Mm -hmm. and see anything that I might talk about. I know. All of our reactions are actually genuine, unless, like, we know the case, like, Yeah, we've heard of it before, but... Yeah. But, yeah, I've, like, most of the ones you've done I haven't even heard about before. Same with yours. The Angel of Death one really got me. Okay, I had never heard of that one either, which is surprising, because it's from our hometown. I know. But... It's crazy. Yeah, it was interesting. I know it. But, okay, so today we're going to do um, our uh, paranormal mini-sode on Nopeming Sanatorium. So, the sanatorium was open in May of 1912. Okay. In Duluth, Minnesota. That day, in, in, May, in May, there was a long line of horse-drawn carriages that were carrying nearly 50 people that went up the driveway to the Nopeming Sanatorium. The sick passengers had absolutely no idea if they would ever come back down the road. Those sick passengers were diagnosed with tuberculosis, which is an infectious pulmonary disease. Um, It's so rapidly spreading. Uh, Just like the COVID-19 pandemic that's been going on right now, um, the law enforcement in not just in No Peming or not in No Peming, in Duluth, Minnesota, like everywhere across the United States during the tuberculosis outbreak, deemed that sanatorium should be open to keep the people isolated with tuberculosis out of society. So, no Peming was... Because like the COVID-19, isolation is key. Right. Get your sick ass <laughs> in bed. <laughs> Back home. No. Right. Don't come out the door. Granted, tuberculosis was a lot worse. Yeah, but... that's true. But, yeah. So, the leading medical officials at the time decided that the only way to slow the spread was put put them into the sanatoriums and or large hospitals, which are um, dedicated to the... Uh, health and uh, maintenance for sick individuals. When they brought these sick people to Nopeming, some of them knew that they could never, they most definitely probably wouldn't be coming out ever again. Yeah. Um, the building at first wasn't fully constructed, and in the first spring, many people had to sleep outside in tents. Oh my god, and that's just so much worse for the tuberculosis. Right. Well, so... Well, I guess it's kind of good, because you're out in, like, the fresh air. Right. Um, but, like, I just cannot, like, Duluth, not even Duluth, just Minnesota, like, up, right, up north, they only have, like, four months of, like, like, summer, and it's not even, like, nice summer, like, us, like, we get the 100 sometime, I don't even think it's like that, because they're so close to Canada, and Canada's still, like, burr, so. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) let's not go there. Right, I do not want to go there, but. Um, so the sanatorium started off with 50 people, but by the end of their eighth year, they had 200 patients calling it home. Oh, wow. 
Um, the treatment was, <clears throat> the treatment for some tuberculosis was varying. So fresh air and sunlight was the most, um, the best way that the researchers thought that it would be healed at the time. Um, they would remove some of your ribs so that the lungs were able to expand so people could breathe. Um, they also surgically collapsed their infected lungs so that they could rest, whatever that means. It just means, like, it would let that specific lung rest, but it would put so much more work on the other lung. Right. And then it would, like, apparently the lungs, like, had, like, when you have tuberculosis, have, like, lesions on them. Mm -hmm. And so when the, um, rib is, or the rib, the, uh, lung is collapsed, it has, um... What you want to call it? It's easier for them to heal, which I don't really don't understand how. Like, whatever. (laughs) Many people died not only from the tuberculosis there, but the infections from the surgeries that were performed there. Many of them were botched. Yeah. Because people, I don't think, like, I heard there was a story with one of the maintenance people of the No Pemming Sanatorium. He wasn't, that wasn't even his job, but one of the doctors who was performing a surgery called him upstairs. Or he would know, he was the dietary aide for the people who were living there. Called the dietary aide up to help him with a surgery. He removed someone's lung and he's like, I don't even work here. (laughs) Like, I don't even go here. (laughs) <laughs> in that reference yeah um so there is still there there was no and still is no cure i mean there's like it's always in your body and like there's like ways to like get it into like remission basically um and there was no vaccine back then to help prevent the spread which we're dealing with with covid so hopefully we get one soon i'm not getting the first round of vaccines oh i don't want the first one either i'm like no. i'll definitely get the vaccine right i don't want the first one i don't want to be in the lab rat no <laughs> no thank you <laughs> well i'm right now only like first line defense nurses are getting it i heard so there was... like er icu and i think there's like a population of like the older generation mm-hmm. that they're allowing to get it early but you have to sign like all these consents and mm-hmm. well there's a um a wlwt which is the news five local news channel here in Cincinnati, um, Colin Mayfield, one of their, um, news anchors, he got the test. Like, he got the vaccine. Like, he's testing it out. Uh, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, I'm, like, doing a documentary on it. I'm like, I'm saying, I mean, they're no. paying you a lot of money to do it. Right. I would. I still wouldn't do it. No. I need I'll it. claim my egg allergy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is right. not even existent anymore. Right. Exactly. Like, I can't. Sorry, I have allergies. Um, but, um, so, no, Peming has only been recently opened for investigations in the, um, the last few years through new owners. People were so interested in the sanatorium before this that they would try to literally their hardest to break into this building. They were breaking doors, they were breaking windows, they vandalized the place, they just wanted to get in to see it. See, I'm all about, like, exploring abandoned places and, like, places that could be haunted, but do it respectfully. Right, treat it with respect. Because not only, like... Are you, like, damaging property that somebody owns? Mm -hmm. You're, like, causing distress to these ghosts that are... Right. Probably don't even know that they're dead, for one. And they come in and see you doing all this crazy shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And and that's why I think maybe, like, the spirits of, like, the deceased, like, come back and, like, get angry when people are in there and, like, do the poking and the fooling and all this stuff. Because their space is being disrupted by all this craziness. They may not have wanted to be there, but... 
Right, and they're, like, stirring up, like, and then when people go in there and, like, practice, like, seances and, like, voodoo pagan just, stuff, it, like... bringing in so much more. Right, you're making it way worse. Like, get out of here with that stuff. But anyway. No, Peming Sanatorium was named for the Ojibwe word that means, um, into the woods. It's a Native American word that the elders came up with. Um, the building is located about a half a mile off of the beaten path on a hill overlooking the nearby town of Zenith City, Minnesota. Um, some levels, levels of the buildings are covered in bars over the windows and balconies because they were, at the time of operation, it was said that people would regularly commit suicide by jumping. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, and if you know what Waverly Sanatorium looks like in Kentucky, it is almost exactly like the, the same like layout it's like a v shape mm-hmm. so um and they were like it was called like a butterfly or um building it was really cool um during the height of the epidemic there were thousands of deaths at no peming and the corpses of these victims were cremated in the basement boiler room oh and crematorium God. um in may of 1940 it was Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a really big deal. They were allowed to have their mothers visit the sanatorium, or people could come to see their own mothers there. Um, that day, the building um, was just active. There was hundreds of people there. They had this big celebration, and it was went along like normal until John Wintoniak, who was 35. He was a, um, what you want to call it? He was a patient there. Mm-hmm. He found another patient. He was named Alex Sofruk, who was 43. He shot and killed him, and then he turned the gun on himself and committed suicide. Oh, my God. The the medical examiner found notes in his pockets that showed that he had been planning to commit this attack for a while. On this specific patient? On this specific patient and on this specific day. Why? Um, he committed premeditated murder. He had, there was, they didn't release any of the notes. They won't let anyone see them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was like because he was like sick and tired of being there and that guy just made it worse for him. I don't know. Like he had some beef and he was like. That's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so John's ghost and energy is said to haunt the building along with other spirits from dead TV victims. The tunnels beneath the buildings and the boiler rooms are said to echo the voices of the deceased and the spirits of the victims. Ooh. Yes, you can hear uh, disembodied voices. They see black shadow figures, tall men like creeping around corners. <laughs> I know it's scary. I hate shadow figures. Me like, too. I love to see one, uh-huh. but no. Yeah, it. I. I don't. I told Haley this before, but I have my apartment is so haunted. It's so weird. Like it's in like a newer building, but I see a shadow man all the time, and it's freaky. It's freaky. <sighs> Um, so Nepeming was converted from a TB sanatorium to a nursing facility in 1971 and was used for this until the 2002 when the owners could no longer keep the building up to code. They apparently lost like three million, like five million dollars a year, like to keep, and it was like that expensive to keep this up. So they had to give it up to the state. And then on November 25th, 2002, buses and vans carried the Nopeming nursing patients. Um, there was about 151 people still there um, to their new facility, and Nopeming closed its doors for good. Um, an investor brought the property after the nursing home went under, and they went. Um, they wanted to reinvent the image of what it once was, but that owner went to prison oh. <laughs> over a Ponzi scheme. Oh, yep. All right. Yep. And after that man went to prison, um, the Horizon um, 
company bought it. They're a nonprofit organization with the intention of having uh, they had an, an, the intention of having it turned into a charter school. Um, but the, during the meantime, while they're fixing it up, they decided that raising money would be the best option because it's really pricey. If you because yeah. the people breaking windows and breaking doors and yeah. all that stuff, trying to get in, so they do allow historical and like night ghost tours, um, especially they're like during ha- like haunted tours during Halloween. Um, but there is a hallway that's off limits as part of No Peming that holds a really old rusted. So like they let. People go in there and hunt, like, ghost hunt, but, like, you have to have special permission, and this mm. hallway is one of them. Like, there's this old rusted tricycle that they, like, keep in, like, the children's wing of the um, sanatorium, and then sometimes it moves oh. from different places. Like, someone will set it in the middle of the hallway, and they'll find it, like, at the other end of the hallway the oh. next time they go up. No, or thank you. Right, and they'll see sometimes, like, the wheels moving. Or they'll see sometimes the like the handlebars move to the side, um, and the so that story is there's a popular ghost at the time. Um, there she was nine years old. There's no name or anything of who it might be. Um, no Peming, it's pop, most popular ghost actually. She's nine years. She was nine years old when she died. They believed that she was from the tuberculosis um, end of it. Obviously, because there was a nursing home there, and she mm-hmm. was obviously nine. She wouldn't be in a nursing home. Yeah. So, she, they think she was, di- she died from tuberculosis, or she could have died from a different um, infection or something yeah. there. Um, you can often hear her giggling, and you can see a long, like, you can see a full-bodied apparition of her in mm-hmm. her long white nightgown. Mm-mm. And she is the one, they say, uh, rides the bicycle. But, so... The Nopeming Sanatorium in Duluth, Minnesota. Check it out. It's really cool. There's a lot of research on it. There's a lot of actually paranormal investigators that went in there. Zach Bagans and the Ghost Adventures crew were the very first ones to do the... I love them. I know. They were the very first ones to investigate there. Um, They talked to the dietary aid that I mentioned earlier. They talked to... Um, just like a f- super fan who knows a lot about it. They talked to the owners and stuff, so that was really cool. And there's this new show called Destination Fear with Dakota Layden, who actually used to work for Zach Bagans as yes, a cameraman. He um, he's, he does like this, uh, he does ghost adventure, like ghost adventures kind of stuff, but like, it's a little bit different. Um, and he does it with his sister and his two best friends from high school. And it's a really good show. Check it out. Um, yeah. So, listen on all Spotify, on, um, Apple Podcasts. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Please do. We'd greatly appreciate it. We really need it. Or leave us any review, honestly. Right. Just tell us how you think, how you feel. Right. And then go to Please don't be mean, though. Please don't be mean. We're fragile. My heart can't take it. We're fragile. Just kidding. Um, so also you can go to our Facebook page. It's Murder Vixens, a true crime podcast. Um, leave us a review on there. Like us, share us, do whatever you can to get us out there. Um, again, we have new episodes every Monday at 5 o'clock, and then we have new minisodes at 5 o'clock also on Fridays every single week, and next week, tune in because we have a really, really good one. And, um, I'm also going to be posting pictures of this place on our Instagram, so if you want to see how this place looked and how it looks now, head over to Murder Vixens at Instagram. Right, and then we'll also post links to the websites as well, because you can find that for tours. maybe we'll even find some, like cool links or some cool like clips of videos that we could post yes 
Absolutely. All right. Check us out. See you next time.